Welcome to Attitude, Knowledge, and Skill, the podcast outreach of AKS Firearms Instruction, addressing the essential needs of the whole shooter. Your host, Tom Bushy, addresses tips, tactics, and tantamount Second Amendment issues of the week. Class is now in session. We're going to be looking back at the first full week of the year of 2020, which, as a matter of mathematical record, is the last year of the 2010s decade. Okay, there was no year zero. We will be starting the 2020s with 2021. That would be year number one. Just a little point. Uh, We like to be accurate here at Attitude, Knowledge, and Skill, because if you're not going to be accurate, who knows what you're really saying. Well, there were a few things that uh, happened over the week, many things that happened over the week, I must say. One thing that uh, first caught my eye early in the week was an article from the Crime Prevention Research Center. That would be the organization by Dr. John Lott, the scholarly organization that looks at uh, statistics and research as they pertain to firearms and firearm law. He can be found at crimeresearch.org. Really good stuff. Uh, Some of it is, a lot of it is based on research and statistics, and a lot of it is also based on um, news that pertain specifically to Second Amendment rights and self-defense. So uh, there was an article that they posted about arming Marines. I had mentioned back on the Facebook page a while ago how ironic it was. After the uh, the most recent shooting at the naval base in Pensacola, Florida, how ironic it was that our Navy seamen and our troops are not permitted to carry concealed weapons on uh, military property. Uh, very ironic, I thought, and a travesty which has gotten our service members killed on more than one occasion. Well, the uh, Marine Corps has made a, uh, a step in the right direction there. They have instituted a policy now where certain Marine Corps members will be allowed to uh, carry concealed firearms on uh, military bases. And that uh, qualification is that it provides, uh, that, uh, provides that right to military law enforcement only. So to qualify to carry your personal firearm concealed on the base, you have to already be a member of law enforcement. This uh, smacks in the face of common sense to me. It is a step in the right direction where some military members are able to carry uh, concealed or able to defend themselves on their own bases. Uh, But it still... Uh, is in the vein of uh, leaving firearms and actions of defense in the hands of law enforcement. And uh, we know that oftentimes law enforcement, most of the time, is not there right on the scene when something bad goes down and there is a response time, God bless them, as, as fast as they can make it. And uh, the civilians are left getting shot while they wait for that response time. So Marine Corps law enforcement will be able to carry even when they're off duty. However, that is still a narrow segment of the population on military property. So uh, the article mentions that uh, the uh, military admitted that it was the last two deadly shootings on military property that inspired this change. And the change uh, comes a little bit too little. 
and too late for the people that have already died. But uh, for the future, it could still provide to be too little. I remember back when I was in graduate school, I had a um, aviation and aerospace course. And uh, one of my fellow students was a uh, air traffic controller with the FAA. And because of uh, his connections, we were able to take a little field trip to the flight control tower at Harrisburg International Airport. And uh, we were looking at the radar and all the equipment that they use, and he was talking about their procedures. And uh, honestly, I can't remember. It's been well over 20 years since I had this class. But he was talking about either a procedure or equipment that was actually insufficient to uh, ensure the safety of of the planes that were coming and going in the airport. And he said something that uh, made us all very uncomfortable. He said, it's unfortunate that the government, the FAA in his case, doesn't make changes until people die. And it takes people dying for the government to decide to make changes. Now, that is uh, that is unfortunate, of course, for the people dying. Uh, and it's unfortunate for what changes are instituted because... They tend to be more knee-jerk changes, like if there's a mass shooting, then people have these knee-jerk reactions and decide that we need to uh, ban more guns or ban quote-unquote high-capacity magazines or tighten up gun control, when uh, just the opposite is obviously true. I couldn't help but remember what I reported in episode one just last week, about the uh, school board member in Florida that said uh, some statement to the effect of uh, teachers should be concentrating on teaching, not concentrating on chasing around bad guys. And uh, I lamented for quite some time as to um, how moronic that statement was. And I can't help but wonder if, uh, if this similar attitude is being applied to the Marines. And to, and to all of our military, where they're only trusting law enforcement to be able to handle weapons uh, on their person. Uh, it seems like the people who are on military bases, many of them are entrusted with some pretty expensive machinery, and a lot of that machinery are lethal weapons uh, capable of a lot more uh, lethality than, say, a Glock carried under your shirt. So... The wheels are turning, I guess, in the right direction on that front, but uh, kind of slow uh, and uh, little little bits at a time. Hey, have you um, looked at your email inbox lately? I get a ton of email. I'm actually considering changing my email address because I, I just can't sift through all of the junk that comes my way. Some of it I've asked for and some of it I don't know where it came from. Uh, have you ever gotten... Uh, an email that looks like it's from gunbroker.com. Uh, gunbroker.com is a, a firearms auction site uh, that you can go to and, and find some good deals. If I remember correctly, uh, my my favorite handgun was a purchase that I made over gunbroker.com. And uh, I'm extremely happy with it. Why? Well, because it's a Springfield, of course. Uh, but it has served me well. It's a, it's a wonderful firearm. Bought it secondhand off uh, GunBroker.com. So I'm not uh, I'm not making a statement against GunBroker.com. But have you gotten the email where the subject line says something like, "Download your online concealed carry certificate here." Now, it it looks to be from GunBroker.com, but there is a line that says a message from our partner, which means, of course, that. 
somebody paid them to let them send that email out with Gunbroker's uh, little icon at the top. So um, it's not actually directly from Gunbroker. It appears to be from an organization or a person called U.S. Concealed Online. The subject line, as I said, uh, would lead you to believe that you can click on this link and then you get a concealed carry certificate uh, that is good all over the country. And it gives that sense of urgency. Now, if you know anything about staying out of trouble online, if you ever get a message that says something like, uh, quick, share this with all the people in your contacts and all your friends and neighbors uh, before this goes away or before this terrible thing happens. Usually that is a big number one tip-off that this this is a scam and uh, it is up to actually no good and nothing it says can be trusted. So here's this email. Uh, it says, first, if you act fast, you can download the nation's best concealed carry permit available today. It's important to you to download it ASAP as anti-gun groups are trying to get rid of it. Like, oh no, the anti-gun groups are going to do something. I have to beat them. So that kind of rises up within you. Uh, fortunately, you can still download a certification from America's top CCW gun permit from this website. And you don't have to leave your house to do it. Downloading this permit ensures that uh, you encounter zero government red tape, zero lines, zero gun range time. Uh, and it's as simple as visiting this site with a few clicks and so on and so forth. So you're led to believe that uh, in, in this email contains a link that you can hit and pay whatever the fee is and get a, uh, a concealed carry license that is uh, accepted, recognized in most states across the country. Well, really, if you think about it, if you keep track of the news and the law, and uh, the ever-changing uh, area of concealed carry. Some states are going constitutional carry, God bless them, and others are cracking down, like Virginia, for instance. And um, it turns out, as I researched, basically I just took the subject line and put it in, uh, put it in my search box, and I came up with some answers. Somebody uh, had done their research and found out that if you click that link, uh, you don't download a permit. You are taken to U.S. Concealed Online, which offers an online training course. So you can pay the money to take their course, and they give you a certificate of completion. And uh, supposedly with that completion, you can apply for a Virginia carry permit of all permits. Uh, uh, but there's no guarantee that you'll be approved. And uh, the number of states that accept the Virginia permit uh, is somewhat in question. Probably not 31. And with all the changes that are going on in Virginia, who knows how many states actually recognize it at all. Or if Virginia is giving out any concealed carry permits at all at this point, which I would sincerely doubt. Um, but I have no data on that right now. So there's the story on that uh, email if you've gotten it now you understand you don't need to uh, click on that link you shouldn't click on mysterious links anyway uh, and waste your time with that part of the irony is uh, that this appears to lead to your ability to apply for a Virginia concealed carry certificate and of course we know uh, Virginia is on fire not like Australia is on fire but when it comes to Second Amendment uh, rights Virginia is on fire uh, we have uh, covered this extensively uh, <clears throat> in the last episode. 
and in numerous, numerous posts on the uh, Facebook page that uh, Virginia is now being governed by a liberal anti-gun, anti-liberty governor and a liberal anti-gun, anti-liberty House and Senate called the Virginia General Assembly. And uh, they are definitely holding hands together to pass, and it's a clear shot with the liberal General Assembly and governor to pass as many gun controls and as restrictive of gun controls as possible. So there was no shortage of more stories this week about the uh, the bills that are being pre-filed that Virginia is going to take action on uh, starting on Monday. By the time you already hear this, they will have already started on uh, January 13th. The article that caught my eye reads like this. It is unlawful to operate an indoor shooting range in any building not owned or leased by the Commonwealth or the federal government. Here they want to make a law saying that you can't operate your business of a lawful shooting range um, unless it's housed in a government facility. So uh, if uh, you have worked hard and you own a small shooting range, um, you uh, may well be out of business. Uh, so the government wants to wants to take that right away, the right to do that business and the right for you, of course, to go to that business. It's kind of similar to the uh, Senate Bill 64, where it's cracking down on uh, people that train to uh, operate firearms or even the martial arts. Uh, you can't accept students or you can't teach students if the government believes you had reason to believe that um, there was uh, uh, no good being afoot in that student, that that student was going to use that for some kind of civil insurrection. So it makes it harder for civilians to train and practice proficiency with their lawful firearms. And of course, their lawful firearms could soon become unlawful firearms as the uh, General Assembly continues to do their deeds. It is uh, scary when you see how many bills are pre-filed for the 2020 session. Uh, I got online, I looked around, and I saw that there are over 700 House bills on the docket. And that uh, number has probably grown since then. And that was just uh, at the beginning of the weekend. Uh, many of those appear to be anti-gun, probably more than 20, because often the title of those bills are deceptive. So there could well be many bills uh, than just the 20 or so that I counted that are going to be restrictive to lawful gun owners. So you have to wonder, uh, is, is the General Assembly trying to pull some kind of a blitzkrieg to overwhelm pro-liberty citizens? We have pro-liberty citizens who sometimes support groups like the NRA. The NRA is having trouble. Uh, the Second Amendment Foundation, uh, the... Um, uh, well, there's several others, and of course, I'm trying to pull them off my head, and that's when I go blank. Citizens support these organizations, and they raise money to challenge these things in court, and it does take money. The disadvantage is the fact that the government defends these bills, and uh, they have essentially limitless money. And that limitless money comes from you and me. So the citizen who's trying to fight his state in court because the state is infringing on his rights is paying taxes to feed the machine that is acting against him. And he's also paying dues and donations to an organization that will fight on his behalf. So the citizen pays twice in these battles 
to protect their rights. And uh, you talk about working from a disadvantaged position. Uh, Joe Schmo, who just works for a living, tries to keep up with the news and support uh, organizations that are supporting his rights, is uh, at extreme disadvantage. I'm reminded of uh, the New York case where New York City uh, made it unlawful for you to transport your firearm outside of the city limits, and you could only take your firearm to gun ranges that were approved by the city. Well, good firearms rights groups took them to court, and that went all the way up to the Supreme Court as appeals mounted and appeals mounted. And before the Supreme Court uh, was able to hear it, New York decided they would just repeal the law. And the idea is they could repeal the law. This is no longer an issue. We don't have to go to the Supreme Court and everybody's happy. And then when it's no longer an issue on the Supreme Court, the state of New York, city of New York can bring that law back again. And the citizens who are trying to defend their rights have to start all over from square one in fighting it in the lowest level courts and working their way up and up and up, spending hand over fist money uh, just like they did the first time. Well, fortunately, this last trip that the um, that the law took to the Supreme Court, and then they, they pulled it back before the Supreme Court uh, took it on as a case, the Supreme Court said, you know what, we're going to hear this case anyway. I think they saw through the shenanigans at New York. So there's, a, there's Virginia giving a, a blitzkrieg to try and overwhelm uh, law-abiding, uh, liberty-loving citizens. Here is the latest, though, in Virginia, which is uh, just astonishing. So here are my notes under capital offense. I have the story where Virginia lawmakers voted on Friday, that was the uh, 10th of January, to ban the otherwise legal carrying of firearms to the state capitol. Up until that day, it was legal to carry your firearm in Virginia into the state capitol building. So you have to say, well, was this... Was this ban, this new ban, a response to a mass shooting that happened in the Capitol recently? Or was it a response to the number of unsavory characters that were being arrested on Capitol property? Uh, the answer would be no, because that hasn't been happening. But what has been happening is an awful lot of buzz and rebellion in the state. We have all those counties, all those counties, 91% of counties, uh, plus the cities and towns that have decided they are going to be Second Amendment sanctuaries. They are rising up against the oppression that the Virginia General Assembly is preparing to mount. And that is going to come to a head on January 20th at the Capitol with a major 2A rally. I would say that the members of the General Assembly might be a little frightened and they're trying to flex their muscle. Uh, my question is, do they really think that passing a ban is going to make anybody safer? Or are they hoping that a lot of these rebels, quote unquote, that are going to show up at the Capitol are going to disobey that law and end up getting arrests? And there'll be massive arrests. And then the General Assembly will be able to say, oh, look, see, we've got all these terrible people and we caught them because of our restrictive gun laws. This is not, though, the most amazing part of the story. The most amazing part of the story is this. Everyone entering the Capitol are now required to pass through a metal detector. Everyone except the legislators. 
the legislators will not have to be screened through metal detectors to detect if they are carrying firearms. And Capitol Police Colonel Anthony Pike has said that police will not arrest lawmakers that essentially violate their own law. That's never happened before, um, except uh, if you look at uh, Obamacare and uh, various things. Of course, it's happened before. This is the definition of elitism. These people are passing laws and following principles that elevate the elite and keep the people down. This is what America was made for. America was made for liberty, to escape the elite ruling the working class or the lower class people and widening that that gap. The United States of America is based on the fact that this country is run by the people for the people. And yet this elitism that we were trying to escape and shook our fist at is creeping back from within our midst. It's a horrible story and very maddening and I don't think this ban is going to make January 20th a more pleasant, satisfying day, at least not for the legislators. All right, two more things I want to share with you. One, I posted uh, this week about a shirt with a bunch of bullet holes in it. And that shirt was uh, made holy, shall we say, during my Concealed Carry 1 course. And the uh, the reason for the shirt being full of bullet holes is that it is a different uh, experience altogether shooting at a target that's wearing a shirt. If you shoot at paper, you shoot at the target, you see where your, your bullets are landing and you can adjust your shooting accordingly and get closer to that bullseye. However, if you are shooting at an attacker who is clothed, when you shoot, you don't know where your shots are landing. You might not even know if your shots are landing on your target. And so getting an idea of how to aim at a black shirt in the central thoracic area, center mass, is a uh, very worthy exercise to be made. You have the advantage in that case of being able to look afterwards and see where your shots are hitting and uh, practice uh, so as to make them be hitting center mass consistently. And, uh, you know, when we're at the range, which uh, ranges are hard to find that will allow you to uh, practice your draw. Uh, but here at Apache Acres, we do when we're in the concealed carry course. It is uh, one thing to be practicing and uh, analyzing your shots and uh, thinking through the fundamentals and doing the best you can. It's another thing altogether to be faced head-on with an attacker uh, who is coming after you, uh, intending to do you harm, and you have to draw fast and under pressure and put that attacker down. You can bet that you are not going to be probably half as good as you were at your last practice under situations like that. So the, the uh, idea in practice is to get very, very good, tight groups, on your targets so that when you have to perform under pressure uh, you still can get good shots several on target center mass and hopefully uh, stop your attacker the last thing I want to mention before we call it quits for today is condition black I posted back in November a story about Willie Murphy Willie Murphy is an 82 year old woman 105 pounds soaking wet 
She also just happens to be a champion bodybuilder. Willie Murphy is a champion bodybuilder at 82 years old. Well, Willie was in her home and a guy was banging on the door and uh, calling out saying he needed medical attention. He thought he was going to be shot. Willie was employing, whether she knew it or not, she was employing really very well the color code of awareness. Remember, these are ways for you to uh, stay out of trouble as often as possible. And if trouble ultimately finds you, that you will be ready to meet it head on. So Millie, of course, excuse me, Willie refused to let the man in. She saw that as suspicious activity and uh, she uh, decided that uh, this was a bad thing to do. So she did not let the uh, gentleman in the door and she was in condition yellow when he broke through the door Millie went to condition orange she hid from him she heard him break through the door and she found a place in her home to hide okay there is the evasive maneuver that uh, we employ when we're in condition orange when he got close enough Willie went to condition red she knew that when he got close enough she was gonna have to act so when he got close enough, she surprised him, picked up a small table, and broke it over top of him. He was on the floor after that, kind of dazed and yelling, and apparently she had shampoo. She had been to the grocery store recently. She had shampoo handy, and she poured shampoo in his eyes. And then while he was screaming, she jumped on him and repeatedly beat him with a broom handle, as she said, with all my force. Later, she said uh, that she was thinking, if it's my time to go to hell, I am taking him with me. Willie was in code black. Code black is when you are in the, the combat mindset, the combat mindset, uh, and you are going to act uh, with no regard for the well-being of your opponent. Zero regard for the well-being of your opponent. And you're not going to stop it's not something you do where you hit somebody and you stop to see if that's going to be enough. You just keep going and going and going. And she, Willie, was beating this man with her broom handle when the police arrived. And uh, they arrived just in time to handcuff him and take him to the hospital. Now, last report, he was expected to recover. But uh, the biggest thing that the police wanted to achieve once they were at Willie's house was they all wanted to get selfies with Willie because she was uh, quite a character and a tough lady and worked through that color code of awareness just like you and I should every day of the week. Hopefully, we never have to get past orange. But if we do, we know what to do and how to do it. So I'm happy to be speaking with you this week and hope to see you again or to talk to you again next week. Please uh, encourage uh, people to subscribe and to listen. And hopefully uh, they'll find some value in the little discussions that we have here on Attitude, Knowledge, and Skill. We'll see you next week. This has been Attitude, Knowledge, and Skill, the podcast outreach of AKS Firearms Instruction. Find us on the net at aksfi.com and AKS Firearms Instruction on Facebook. Go to the show notes for links to streaming services that carry this podcast, and please consider subscribing. Thank you for listening. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed.